Would you get Mr. Weinstein some water? <laughs> How did Mr. Weinstein uh, catcall a woman while eating crackers? Now we're saying goodbye to New York as he first they're on the west side. Now, now he's on FDR Drive on the uh -huh. east side. East side. Right. Okay. Now he's right. The Yankee Stadium is right across yeah. the river here. Wait a minute. And, and now then he's leaving what? on the George Washington Bridge. We, and anybody what? who knows this bridge, you know, knows that view and knows these famous rocks he's going to pass. So he took a scenic route to Pennsylvania. It's just weird how he was going downtown on the west side, then uptown on the east side. It makes sense to George Washington from the FDR, but... Right. Okay, so now we're in the middle of nowhere, and we are going to meet the love interest. This, oh, by the way, listen, I know you're not familiar with Pennsylvania. You're more of a New York City kid, but mm -hmm. continuity is crazy. Those ducks are nowhere near that deer sign. That is ridiculous. Yeah, people are supposed to believe you're going from Pennsylvania Duck Pond to Deer Crossing. Now, for some reason, their van has a periscope, and we never learn why. Uh, hey, old man love interest. I'm an old man. So wait a minute. So the love interest is, is just happens to be off the side of this farm? Right, and Marissa Torme is like, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Marissa's like, there's not another woman in this movie. So Danny like falls in love with cutie cutie, and that's it for the film. He's got a unlike unlike Spikes, who's looking up every skirt. He oh, he's, he's yeah. Oh, that's great. He's committed. Her name is Chloe, and she'll be all over our film. And he's like, I think I'm in love. Look at the periscope staring at her as they leave. Okay, now you remember the hotel in the picture, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. It looks like a grand old place. Right. Now we're going to see what it looks like today. Uh-oh. Even Delta House looks better. Yeah. I'm going to kill you! Look at it. It's all boarded up and crap. And there's mattresses on the roof. Now, Marissa is doing her role, going, I think it's cute, chewing gum. And she's like, I'm going inside. You know, she's, like, playing her supportive girlfriend part. Right. Well, these guys are playing the uh, crazy yeah. friends. I can't believe you hoodwinked me in you another crazy scheme. scheme. Come on, guys. Can't you see? I see potential. I see oh, rap. I see montage, right? They're going to clean up the hotel? Oh, yeah. You got it. Yeah, you're right. It's going to be like you're going to hear the Rocky music as they're, you know, zigzag, zigzag on a saw, and it's going to be the whole thing. So it's like uh, Revenge of the Nerds, right? Don't they clean up the frat house and they play like a little song? They do, but actually, maybe you're right that parallel because they're going to enlist a bunch of friends who they call stockholders, and they're all going to come here. Okay, so he goes, I think it's haunted. There's no such thing as ghosts. And then they hear a voice. Oh, look at Marissa. She jumps right up there. She's doing her role perfectly. So this is the voice of a, not a bum. He's not a bum, but he's sort of, he lives there. His name is Harold Gould, the actor. And in this movie, he's called Rockefeller. Rockefeller Harding. <laughs> now, Ooh. you will know that him from, he was Martin Morgenstein in the sitcom Rhoda for four years. 
and he was Miles Weber on the sitcom The Golden Girls um, for uh, between 89 and 92. And he was in The Sting. He was in Silent Movie, the Mel Brooks film in 76. Yeah. You'll know his face. I know them. I probably recognize his mustache. Yeah. You yeah. know, ever since he started growing that mustache, he stopped trimming his nose hair. Well, the mustache droops over his upper chin, so it's like, you know, people are distracted by that. So upper lip, upper lip. What did I say? Upper chin. And I'm oh, trying yeah. to think about, what's the lower chin? Let's see. Is that yeah, you know, the upper chin. The upper, upper chin, where your upper lip is. Yeah, his goatee covers his upper chin. <laughs> so now it's sort of, he's explaining that he lived here and, you know, they're going to have a little meeting. Like, they're explaining, well, we own this place, you know, and things keep falling apart. That's the joke. Well, that's nice of him to hang out. So he's like the the caregiver? Well, no, he's just a bum who moved into – he's not a bum, though. That's the thing. He just – he's on the run. He's on the lamb. He's hiding from Wall Street uh, swindle he did. And so he just moved out to Pennsylvania and found this place and hides in here. Uh, That's that, so funny. And now they're deciding, Marissa Torme is like, I think he's cute. Let's keep him because he's not a stray dog. So he goes, while the jury is deliberating, you want a tour? Well, but isn't like Gordon Gekko after him or something like that? Yes. Charlie yeah. Sheen? Yes, they are after him, but he is. Nobody's going out to Hawley, Pennsylvania. Who would think it? Playing for keeps. Okay, so we're in Act Two. We're going into Act Two now, and we're basically oh. get the movie poster, which is they're trying to fix up an old hotel and make a dream happen. And so we're going to see how the place is a dump and everything's falling apart, et cetera, et cetera. It's a big hotel, right? I mean, like, this is a long corridor. Mm hmm. It's an estate. It's all the land. It's a palatial estate. They've got a lake. Uh, this is their uh, honeymoon suite, and there'll be more jokes about how it's a dump. Wow. It's so incredible. Like, all, all it took was their aunt dying. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, if had I seen this film in the early 80s, I probably would have killed my aunt. <laughs> yeah, you get a sweet... Well, I don't know, Carl. You wouldn't want to move to Pennsylvania. Now, he is uh, there. You know, this is the nightclub. His foot fell through the stage. We're basically learning more about how this is a dump. Okay, so now Danny's on his own, and he's practicing his, practicing his motivational speech to the guys. He's going through different tactics he might use. Is the he looking in the mirror? The, it's going to be so happy. Yes, he's looking in a mirror. Oh, my God. I is this going to be fun? Listen, all this hamming and there's like no Jimmy Bayo, it drives me crazy. Yeah, he's coming. He does not get a good part in this film. But don't you think like all of them would be better suited if like Jimmy Bayo took over? I think yes, because I mean, he's a star. I mean, he was in Soap and that's in people's memories. Although yeah. it was like nine or eight years earlier and he was in Bad News Bears. I mean, he should have been one of the friends, but the Weinsteins did not cast him that way. We don't think you would make a, a, an authentic silk. 
What are you talking about? People are not even named Silk. <laughs> Silk wants to be Michael Jackson, and, and the, for him, the whole thing is about that nightclub. So he's telling them it's going to be a rock and roll hotel, the Hotel Majestic. There'll be MTV in every room. Wow, okay. for kids only. Now, this is the soap opera guy who's our heavy and our bad guy. And you might know him. Let's see. Um, he is, His name is Robert Milley, and he was in The Guiding Light from 72 to 81. And he, he wow. would come back in the 80s and 90s. He's very famous for being in the soap opera. This guy is another character actor who I couldn't find out who he is on uh, in my research. Um, oh, he's he's got an upper chin. <laughs> yes, most most people do. So there's Robert Milley. Uh, his name's Henry Cromwell, and basically he's stirring up trouble. Like we got to get these kids out. They're going to bring yeah. drugs and sex to our community. Right, and we already had the Weinstein's. <laughs> but what he's really trying to do is get them out, get them to them to sell to him, so that he would. He can do the chemical dump and make a lot of money. That's so crazy. So he's just spreading the gossip right now. He said LSD in every room, not M MTV. There would be LSD in every room. Hi, I'm a stereotypical. I'm no prude, but I won't have a house of prostitution in my community. Look at I know it's the landlines. They're all very impressive. Like it's very powerful. You the only thing wrong head. about this scene is that the the Pennsylvania natives have white teeth. Yeah. So it's basically we got to have a town meeting to get rid of these guys. Okay, so now you can see that uh, Harding's no, uh, Rockefeller's no bum. You can see he's in a three-piece suit without the jacket there. He's got his tie on for some dumb reason. And we're basically learning that his history is Wall Street. And, you know, like, why are you here? And he's like, you shouldn't ask so many questions. So later on in the film, you know, they'll use that against him and arrest him. It's just another way to hurt Danny. Try to get himself. I love how you say like he's the Wall Street guy, but he's wearing a tie for some dumb reason. <laughs> because he hasn't met a Wall Street guy. He's living in a hotel. I guess I mean, even if like that's the clothes he brought, why would you right. put on the tie? Why would you put on the tie? Well, you know, it's just that's how he dresses when he squats in a hotel in Pennsylvania. I guess, yes. I mean, if I was going to the office, I'd wear a tie. If uh -huh. I was not going to the office, I wouldn't bother. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Listen, if I was squatting in a hotel in the middle of rural Pennsylvania, I'd loosen the I would lose a tie. <laughs> I would lose it. Yeah, I wouldn't just loosen it. I'd lose it. So this cop, he's been in a bunch of things. Um... He was in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, but if you blinked, you'd miss him. He was in Three Days of the Condor, which I saw. I don't remember. Yeah. Well, he that's a 70s film. Dancer in the Dark. Um, yeah, that's a big that, one. That's uh, Bjork. That's his last uh, – I'm sure he was like, here's your coffee, Ms. Bjork. That was no, his you know, 
It's weird because it's an arty film, but uh, David Morse, who you might recognize, remember from the TV show Hack, he always Uh plays cops, and he played a cop in Dancer in the Dark and in the movie Bait with Jamie Foxx the same year. Mm -hmm. So he was like, you need a cop from your art house film? I'm here. You need a cop (laughs) from Jamie Foxx comedy? I'm here. I'm sure this guy's the same. We need a cop. I'm here. All right. Right. The guy who played uh, Die Hard, the cop in Die Hard, is like that. And um, there's other people like that. Like, there was the guy who was the bum in um, – he was a bum in, in Back to the Future. He's been in a lot of our films. Oh, yeah, right. He was. He's always the bum. He's got some cutesy name, uh, like Bugsy or something. Uh, he was in um, – Back to the Future. Yeah, he was, he was the bum. In, yeah, it was – but for us, there was that something in the bean. Remember, Chico. Oh, he was. Chico, he was. In, wait, he was in like Chico three of man? our films. There was freebie in the bean. No, it was like WWJ Baxter and the Bean. Oh, you're talking about bailout. Yes, bailout. Yeah, with with David Castlehoff. Uh, yeah, he was there above was like, that. It was like White Boy, The Beaner, and something else terrible. And yeah, the right. WB stood for White Boy. It was an alternate title for, for Bailout. Yeah, and so Bean was the Spanish one, and there was an African-American one, and I don't know what. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I don't either, yeah. but but that's what it was. And um, uh, he always plays the bum. So what happened now is the cop and the guy came up basically to say, you know, you better sell or there's going to be trouble. And we're going to, I'll pay you $3,000. So now there's dissension in the ranks again. You know, S- Silk and um, uh, and Spikes are like, $3,000 for three days work? Come on, Danny. He goes, what do you want to be, a me- speedy messengers? And, it's, you know, basically it's it's the same old plot twist. We quit. And then Danny you know, gets it so that they don't quit, you know, like, come on, we yeah. can make something out of our lives here instead of just being nobodies in New York. They're just teenage kids. I mean, they just graduated high school. That's his turd. He just made it. Oh. Danny, we thought you would be here at Ponder Rock. <laughs> we thought you'd be here cop in a squat so um we uh we uh will stick with you because that's how this script goes yeah i uh, guess i should tell you that um silk right his name's leon grant and he was in brother from another planet he was in dark breed he was in the wanderers and then he stopped being like a big guy. He turned into a he was in Party of Five, one episode in nineteen ninety-eight as Bob. He was <laughs> he was in Steinfeld in nineteen ninety-seven as counterperson. And that turned into his career after oh, this yeah. movie. So he probably got more money off that Seinfeld appearance than this movie. Well, that's actually, I'm not being fair, because Dark Breed was a major film, and that was 96. But basically, that's what ended up happening. Now, Matthew Penn is different. He was, is, 
an American director and producer of television and theater, over 150 primetime TV dramas he's directed. Wow. Yeah. So he went on to not be a star, but rather, you know, he was executive producer of Law and Order from 2003 to 2007. Um, he won an Emmy for directing the 200 episode of Law and Order, which had Julia Roberts in it. He directed The Sopranos, House, Damages, The Closer, Royal Pains, Brooklyn South, NYPD Blue. He's, here's, here's my impression. Here's my impression of watching Julia Roberts in the 200 episode okay. of Law and Order. Yeah. Hi. She did it. <laughs> it's in the can. <laughs> right? You want the credits? And Julia Roberts. She did it. This is my reaction uh, to watching Julia Roberts and Yeah, right. So basically what's happening now is they're getting hassled, like, up, oh, laying closed. I'm not selling you any paint. You know, like um every t everywhere they go, it's just hard for them in the look at the you could still buy those stickers, green stamps. In oh a yeah, S and H. That's right. Well, those are cool. You can get like a can opener or like a car, depending on how many you, you save. Now, there's no bleep, 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 you, you know, universal product code scanners. Uh, get out. They, there was at 86. They had to. Well, they're not, not in this. Di didn't you see they had the registers with the buttons, you know, to put in the yeah, price right. and enter? I got to look at the sticker. What does it say? 69? Chick, 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 this lane closed, honey. Oh, poor Marissa. Oh, I want to buy two gallons of milk. You got her night. Look how 80 she is, man. She's yeah, got her one earring. Uh-huh. She has the, that scrunchie in her hair. She's got her leopard print. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to need another guy who's like a character actor who you should know. And... I'm making a guess uh, that his name is William Newman. Um, and I'll sh when he comes up, I'll show you. Basically, they're going to be hassled once again. Slam, here's your food, you city scum. Uh, go back to New York City. Seriously, man, what, what kind of New York City high schoolers go back to, go to Pennsylvania? You see the guy in the center there? Uh-huh. Do you recognize his face? I don't recognize any of these guys. I mean, you're right. They might have all been in, like, an RC commercial back in the 80s, but I, I just can't oh, play Oh, no, this guy, uh, I, if it's who I think it is, there's, he's got some real credits here. Um, he was in Mrs. Doubtfire in 93. He was in Brubaker, The Postman Always Rings Twice, Mosquito Coast. I don't know. Uh, hero, he was in hero, Leprechaun. You like that one? Sure. Leprechaun. He was in jury duty. Well, that one I know. Why don't you way to bury the lead? <laughs> With uh, Polly Shore, teacher's pet, Mrs. Doubtfire. Do you uh, know who else was in Jury and Duty? And he's our Star Trek connection. Go ahead. In Jury Duty, Polly Shore's parents were played by Shelley Winters and Charles Napier. Uh huh. And the killer was Stanley Tucci. Okay. How's that for a movie? It should be good, but it was. Yeah. No, it was, you know. Recently, I got very jealous. Now, I rarely have envy or jealousy, but I did. Um, there's a fellow comedian, and he is a 
formerly a pro wrestler and he's been getting cast in things. They're all B-level things, but he's out there doing it. And on uh, Christmas, he posted Pauly Shore sending him like a video message going, hey, Mike, what's up? I, you know, I was so jealous. It was Pauly Shore all alone on Christmas. Oh, he's Jewish, though. All alone yeah. on Christmas somewhere in Nevada, somewhere in, in Las, Las Vegas. Um, but it was like a residential home. Paulie did not look good. He said he was wearing his hat because he had a shower. He had not taken a shower yet. Oh yeah, but, that's why. But even though Paulie is so low on the, you know, he's like an E-level star. I was still so jealous because we recently did that movie. Remember, Paulie Shore is dead. Yeah. And I got to research and yeah, look that was into the highlight. him and hear his podcast and stuff. And uh, you know, and so if anybody like I should be his personal friend. But no, Mike gets that, uh, gets that, uh, okay, so now Love Interest comes over and surprises them with a basket of farm produce from, you know, just to help out. Yeah. And he's Well, because they couldn't get any pro, they yeah, couldn't get any groceries. Get any, right. <laughs> Marissa st struck out. So here's a corn and a tomato. Basically, he asked her out on a date, and it's very tough because he's like, you want to go see a movie? She's like, the closest movie theater is 50 miles from here. And he goes, well, how about we get some pizza? And she goes, the yeah. is right next to the right? movie theater. <laughs> so he goes through all these things, and she basically is like, why don't we take a walk? So that's what well, we're having now, their walk. Let's just go to the nearest horn and hard hat and get some automated food. Oh, the local Automot is is six hundred miles. Remember those things? So he's like, in New York, we buy flowers, and so she's teaching him about flowers. He keeps on trying to kiss her and stuff, and she's diverting diversionary tactics. Right. And he's like, you know, this is uh. The butter pop. That doesn't look like a butter. Oh, no, it's not yet. Uh, I don't know. She's teaching them all about flowers. In the end, though, they will. Uh, whoops. He almost yes. kissed her. You keep trying to kiss me. Yeah, the director tells me to. This is the buttercup. Now they kiss. And that's it. Chloe is now in love with her. So he's like, here, sit down on these flowers, these plants. And she's like, that's poison ivy. No, seriously, I'll overreact for comedic purposes. What a dump. So Man. even though we're not at the montage now, we find that uh, they're trying to make themselves useful. Yep. Like uh, fixing up things and... Well, if you have a tennis court and it's filled with crap, it's best to start building the, the net first. Right. Never mind the weed whacker. <laughs> uh, they electrocuted themselves. Right. Now yeah. we have something a little funny. I should let you know nothing in this film is funny, but this is a little funny. You, go, you know, he's the older, mature one, so he fixes the electricity and goes, and then there was lights, and he's all proud of himself, and the lights go out, and he goes, and then there wasn't. This is Ooh. funny, too, because of the, just for its physicality. 
What I haven't seen anything funny yet, Carl. <laughs> it's right now. It's happening oh, right now. <laughs> but this is as wow. funny as it gets in this. And I'm not kidding. Remember Gilligan's Island? I was like, this thing isn't funny, but I played you like three or four funny. Yeah, books. no, no, but you quoted it a couple of times. There was some, there was some Gilliganisms. There is no funniness in this whole film. Wow! Look, they got a basketball court. That's the first thing New Yorkers want in their hotel. Yeah, right. A little bit of home. Now look at this place. Doesn't it look like he's in the soap opera right now? Oh my God! Yeah, this is like Falcon Crest. <laughs> Basically, what this is, once again, is I'm giving you pressure to buy that hotel. Relax, pressure guy. I'm going to yeah. buy the hotel. I can't believe Rodney ripped off the wine scenes. Yeah. This is, the, this is totally the plot to My Five Wives. Yeah, I wish he was dead. Oh, man. By the way, you can see. He me that he is, and I think, I think it worked. Oh, oh, all right. Well, Rodney is dead. Oh, I can see my plan coming to fruition. Okay, right now, the he says, who was that financial pressure guy? And he goes, no, he wasn't a financial pressure guy. He was, he's my, he's my cousin. And he goes, oh, he is? He's family? We'll tell him to forget about the traffic ticket I just gave him. And he goes, oh. oh. So that <laughs> will later reveal that soap opera guy is telling lies. All right, sounds good. Now, here we have the lagoon at Gilligan's Island. Nice. Finally, some Gilligan's Island. I just want to check in with you. I am at 48 and 43, 44, 45. Where are you? 47, 48. I'm on like 30. I'm on 40 right now. I don't know why that's happening. Wait, I you're, you are I'm, at? I'm at 48, 48. Okay. So it's not terrible. It's like no, 12 it's seconds behind. 12 seconds behind? Yeah. Here, let me just click a button and I'll just move it up a couple of seconds. <laughs> I should pause instead. All right. Pause. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, basically what's happening now is they're trying – He's. I'll pause in a second. He's trying to, like, get into – you know, he's trying to make this – he's trying to seal the deal. You're my girlfriend. And she's like – She's going to go skinny dipping instead to diversionary tactic that. I think that's a bad move. Okay, I'm going to pause. Okay. And 49.35, 35 seconds. 49.35. Okay. Oh, well, I'm at 30, 31. Nope. 33, 34, 35. Okay. There you go. Thanks, Carl. Now, look, boobs. You yeah. See, see Chloe's that worked boobs. out. So Weinstein wasn't lying. Wait a minute, you pause at that scene? Yeah, because I just wanted to gawk at it. Okay, <laughs> now she goes into the water, and all of a sudden she has a tank top on. Now we're going to have very sexy Marissa Tom Tomei stuff. Yeah, look at it. They're in, in media res. They're, they're doing it right now. Yeah. Well, basically, it's like, I can't sleep without any city noise. Do me a favor. Go outside and honk the horn a couple times. Slam the door and stub your toe. And she goes, would you shut up and let's do it? Nice. Now, watch this. Whoa! That'd be a money shot. Wow, they're all getting sexy, except for Silk. Now, she's got her tank top on, so she's not naked. Which is disappointing. Now the water gets cold. Yeah. That's why those things are going boing. Let's go skinny dipping, asterisk. 
It's the asterisk for it. I'm going to wear a top. <laughs> Wait, the sweeping okay. thing getting better. Now a weird thing happens. Chloe shows up and she's like, I would like to check in, please. And they're shocked. She's like, when she left her home and has decided to come be part of their, I don't know, she's in love with Danny now is basically what's going on. Wait, this is the farmer? This is, is the farmer's farm? daughter, daughter who really works in the bank. Wait, aren't we all just farmer's daughters? No, no, we are not. <laughs> I'm the weary traveler who the farmer let me stay in the barn. Just don't touch my daughter. Ah. Uh, yeah, that was my favorite joke, though. I was uh, a traveling salesman back in the day. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. And it was getting really late and rainy. Well, I'll have to tell you about this later. All right. Understood. All right. Yeah. That reminds me of the National Lampoon we saw. Uh, in which uh, Max Headroom was the farmer's father, farmer's daughter's father. Who's the farmer? Oh, my God. Where he had the shotgun? <laughs> yeah, oh, this was, uh, oh, my God. Yeah, 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 the Canadian film. It was not Class Trip, of course, even though he was in that. He was in, he was in Tennessee Class Trip, which we watched with no sound. It was probably the road trip one that was all shot in Canada. Um, yeah, going the limit. Yeah, uh, going the distance. Going the distance. Piece of crap film, but I enjoyed watching it. We've seen Matt Brewer, Max in a bunch of movies. We saw him in Speed Zone. He, listen, I gotta say, that guy is good. He is underrated, and he should have been a big star. Everything we've ever seen him in, the crappiest films, he's doing his job. He's making us laugh. Yeah, but so he was Max Headroom, and he survived Max Headroom. You know what I mean? Like, for a guy who was like, yeah, the, face, the zeitgeist face, he went on and did a, a sitcom, remember Dr. Doctor? Right. You're right about Max Headroom. It was a, a zeitgeist. It was a piece of the 80s MTV, and it was, that's where he could have been for good. But I don't know. He's a Star Trek connection. He's, uh, if, if we ever make um, National Lampoon's open micers, uh, he's got to be in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Because, you know, we got to get every National Lampoon actor in it. No, just him. Just him? Okay. <laughs> now, this guy is the building inspector. And they have, we're heading towards Act 3 now is what's going on. And we stay in that, but we still have another hour in this movie. Uh, no, we have 40, yeah, you're right. No, but it's set up for Act 2. We're not there yet. What's going to happen for Act 3? What's going to happen for Act 3 is we he goes to New, back to New York City and gets all these investors to come help him get the hotel up to speed. And then we're going to have – we just had the setup for it. One of the things they have to do is not a septic tank. It's a something field. Um, it's like where all the poop goes. And if they had a backhoe, they could get it done in a day, but they don't. So they have to shovel it out. You'll see. All right. So basically, he went to find uh, Rockefeller because he knows he would know what to do. And he Rockefeller's in church. We don't know oh. that he has remorse for his Wall Street scandal. And he's trying to – but he's basically telling them now – 
do you think I should quit? And he's like, you don't understand American business. What you need is stockholders, investors. And he gives him the idea to go back to New York and get Jimmy Bayo. And others. Oh, oh, good. So we're finally getting to the Bayo. Yes. Now, the so many people, they were only in this film. And we're going to meet them all when we... Oh, Twig Towers. Uh, yep. Are we lined up? Yeah. Yeah, Please. yeah. No, I saw them. Okay, look. We're on the West Side Highway going downtown. Uh-huh. The, Paris, the Periscope is down. Snooky's Diner. Snooky's is not downtown. <laughs> now, this um, is the chef. They're going to hire a chef. His name is uh, Gene Epps. His name is Bruce Klugger, and basically this is all he did. But it's good. He's good. Let me put it up. All right. So now we meet the pot guy. Uh, yeah. And I think his name is Glenn Robert Rabillard. And he only did this film. Okay, now Ooh. we're meeting the electrician guy, and he's all about... Uh, Wizard of War. That's the game. Wizard yeah. of War. Yeah, That's I told it. <laughs> it's the real game. Yep. By the way, it's Midway because it was the, they used the Chicago Midway to have uh, the World Fair. I see. It has nothing to do with World War II. This guy's name, it's Doug uh, Warhit. Uh, right now we're looking at uh, Anthony Mar Marconia, who uh, he began his acting career at age five playing Kirk Douglas's godson in The Brotherhood. Basically, oh, there's Jimmy. Jimmy Bayo. No, Jimmy Bayo is just trying to get laid. That's right, and that'll be his joke throughout the movie. They're going to inject him with, you take your pick, syphilis, gonorrhea, or herpes. And she's like, "You, I'm out of here. And he's like, all right, I'll invest. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. They, he's, wait a minute. He's having sex. They come yeah. in with needles. Needles of gonorrhea, syphilis, and uh, herpes. Which one do you want? Oh, my God. I thought this movie was real for a second. Now, since he's home, he goes to visit mom and sister. But we don't see mom again for the whole film. We do see a lot of sister. Oh, yeah. And he's telling her all about Chloe. And she's like, do you love her? Yes. Did you smooch with her? And he goes, go, that's enough. Go to sleep. Oh, mom, I was wrong. She won't go to Pennsylvania, though. Oh, keep talking, all right? I'll be right back. I have to get coffee. This movie's boring me. Okay. I would bring me a cup because I agree. So, uh, that basically, uh, what's happening now is the stockholders are coming through town and they're going to make a big show of it so that. The townspeople know they're for they're for real. They're serious. Now, how did they get a yellow school bus? Right? They don't have any money. How did they do that? So basically, we get the townspeople pretending they're shocked. And why would you be shocked that a yellow school bus came through town? 
but uh, they are. So Jimmy Bayo's like, where's the delicatessen? Ah. <laughs> so now soap opera bad guy is saying to guy who always plays the cop, I want you to research everybody who's associated with this hotel and find me some dirt. So the cop is off to do that. Scott Bayo and Boob Girl. I gotta say, Marissa Torme does her job in this movie. Uh, she, okay, he's like, you won't expect me to cook in this kitchen. They're like, no, we expect you to clean it up. Like everybody's getting a little hoodwinked. Now, Jimmy Bayo's like, where's the bed? He goes, there's no arcade. There's not even electricity. And he goes, good. This must be the electrician you told me about. Get to work. So he's essentially putting, Steinberg, you said you were going to sleep with me. Where are the beds? That's Jimmy Bayo's whole role. I think he came back, Mike. Yeah, I did come back. I was laughing so much at Jimmy Bayo's repeatedly cock-locked. He goes, where's all the grass you promised me? There it is. Start cutting. Oh. <laughs> it's basically that through, you know, each one comes out like, you promised me an arcade. There's not even electricity. You better put some in then. Here's the equipment. So where's all that pot? You said it was going to be in the kitchen. It's in the kitchen. <laughs> There's yeah. pots and pans. <laughs> now, he's saying that they have to, he has to, they have to fix these beds. And Jimmy Bayo, you can practice every, you can break them in. But how are you supposed to fix old mattresses? You're not, right? And let's be honest. Doesn't Jimmy Bale look a lot like Jay Leno? Yes, that's a good call. Yeah, that's a, young a great Jay, call. Uh, but Jay Leno looked more goofy. But uh, They both wore denim. Yeah. Okay, so now we have the last Act 3 set up. It's that oh, I look at the old bridge. I got a backhoe for you, but I'm not bringing it over this rickety-ass uh, bridge. Uh, there's, you know, it, it, the bridge will collapse. Ah. Well, shouldn't they fix the bridge first before they build a hotel around the bridge? They won't do it. Hmm. Well, looks like they're literally breaking ground. Yeah, because there's no backhoe, they're going to fill the septic uh, poop trench on their own they're going to dig it out and i should i said fill but <laughs> they're not going to fill it yet so basically oh, no. it's uh you see the funny funny hilarity we're going to get that montage you were talking about coming up i right? hope so yeah they turn yeah. into a pretty plate oh just because it really happened doesn't mean you gotta make a movie about it right oh now, daddy's here to uh -oh. come back to get Chloe. Now, you might notice him. His name's Raymond Barry, but he is an Academy Award winner for Born on the Fourth of July. Which he was I saw. In, did, did you see Dewey Cox, the story, Walk Hard? Yeah, sure, Walk Hard. Yeah, he was the dad going, the wrong kid died! <laughs> and that's from the beginning of the movie. That's such a great scene. He was in Cool Runnings. He was in Falling Down. He was in Training Day. Wow. Uh, 
he was on Lost, he's on uh, the X-Files. This guy's for real. This must have been a sort of early on thing for him. Because I don't get he, it. I've seen everything you said and I still don't recognize him. You don't recognize him? God, is that weird? I've yeah. seen every single show you mentioned. Well, when really? I first saw this film, I, I, I didn't research it before I saw it the very first time. And uh, I'm up, this is like my fifth or sixth time viewing it with you now. I yeah. recognized him immediately. You know, we, our audience knows that the premise is that I'll find a movie that I heard about, and Carl researches and watches it several times. So right. It was a little statistic to say, I got you a movie co-directed by Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> so now the, the father's like, you got, we're getting out of here. Clearly this guy is Jewish. Look at his hair. And then yeah. Joe's like, Dad, I'm clearly Jewish. So he's like, I'm going to be Jewish. I, I am not Jewish. And I, oh, here she is at the bank. Look at, the, she has Jewish hair, don't you think? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She is not Jewish in this film. But he's, he, is he Jewish in this film? He's not. He's just Danny. They don't talk about Judaism at all. But I'm saying, if you look at his hair, uh, yeah, no, you no, and no. I discussed this before. You yeah, said your hair used curls. to look like that. Yeah, it looks like there's an animal on top, wearing an animal, wearing an animal on your head. Yeah, wearing a, a mink. Yeah. <laughs> How did that beaver get a mink? Doesn't he? <laughs> your mink is wearing a mink. That's not uh, cannibalism, but it's awful. Sir, can you take off your furry hat? It's very rude. Wait, I forgot uh, what this is. Hold on. It's the bad guy, and he's talking to local authorities. Okay, so now he's saying to the cop, if you help those kids get, you know, out of town so I can buy the place, then I'll essentially put in a good word for you with the mayor to get some position. That's so strange. Now, he's all bummed out about Chloe because she is gone. And so Rhoda's husband gives him a basically a talking to, like, hey – Get off your ass and get back to work. I mean, that's what's going to win her back. We, you know, you 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 need to remember you're the one always talking everyone into the dream. So start dreaming again. Come on, kid. Whack. Now we have our montage. Good. All it's right. Basically, a musical number. Oh, they're gonna sing too. Oh yeah, no, no it's not that. It's it's not that kind of musical number. It's more like they're dancing to '80s songs. Oh it's yeah, the, this is the kind of song is like, you know, that '80s like get yeah. out of my car, get in, get out of my dreams, get in. It's Billy Ocean. Yeah, it's that kind of song. Let me tell you this. This. Like I said, research was hard to do on this film. There wasn't a lot about it, but I think when Universal bought it, they heavily invested in a a, a soundtrack. We've got Life to Life from Pete Townsend. Also, Distant Drums by Peter Frampton. Um, there's a Phil Collins song. We Said Hello Goodbye, which was actually a B-side for two of his, you know, No Jacket Required uh, singles. Sister Sledge is in this. See, that, that just seems like such a waste of, like, talent. Like, typical Miramax. Like, we got an A-list uh, soundtrack for yeah. a movie that, like... They're you hear dancing. how it's 80s, the song? 
Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. I'm listening to the music. It's just that perfect kind of, we're going to make it. Doom, doom, chicka, 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 doom. Soundtrack. Boom, 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 boom. It's They're all dope. dancing. Yeah. Why are, they, why are they dancing in sync? I don't get it. Like, this is the first time we've seen anything like this in this movie. So it's just like you said, it's 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 the kind of montage thing. Like, we're making this house look good. Yeah, but the montage has, like, booger cutting something, and, you know, then they cut to, like, the nerd. Like It's not exactly... Even though they're doing this dance thing, they are cutting around. Yeah. You know? Look, this is supposed to be hilarious. Hilarious. Now, oh. the, um, also, the most interesting thing about the soundtrack is they have that Stand By Me, which John Lennon did a very famous version of, and it was a really good version. But it's done by his son, Julian Lennon. At 86, so how old was Julian? Like, old, funny. I don't know, but this was around the time in which all of a sudden he burst out and had an album, right? right. And yeah. everyone said, oh, he's started, you know, he, and then he went away. Then he went away. I don't know. We... No, you know what? Didn't the last thing Sam Peck and Pa did was he directed a music video for Julian Lennon. Are you sure it's not Sean? Okay, Sean in Lennon? the 80s, in the 80s. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Sam Peckinpah, like one of the last thing the the famous Western director did was a music video. Uh huh. Like the violent director. Hello, boys. Uh, Basically, they're trumping up charges because he wants that mayor's pie. Oh, yeah. You have a broken tail light. Smash. You've Where's been drinking. Tula? You're intoxicated. And they're busting him. Oh, yeah, there was a beer and a broken headline. Paps Blue Ribbon in 86. That's like <laughs> Blue Velvet drink. Duran Duran is in the soundtrack. Really? Yeah, and it's a terrible song. Um, is it exclusive? Here you go, Mr. Weinstein. It's a really bad song, so I'm not sure if it's exclusive, but they invested money. Let's a lot of see. times, yeah. Yeah, it was purchased by Universal Pictures. So uh, Miramax made it, and they couldn't release it, so they shopped it around, and it was picked up. Um, so did Miramax, the production company, was existing in the 80s, right? Uh, yeah, it was founded in 79 by the brothers, and it was about independent films and motion picture distribution. Yeah. And it was a production company, but it was bought by Walt Disney in 93, and Bob and Harvey stayed on, and they they operated Miramax with more creative and financial independence than any other division of Disney, apparently. That's what it's reported. They left in September of 2005 and started their own studio. Right, the Weinstein Company. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, a lot of, a lot of their uh, creative talent went with them. So there was, like, you know, I guess Kevin Smith famously and... Quinn Tarantino, as we said, they were they all stayed on Weinstein until they got to the point where they couldn't. But right, there was a so there Disney was... sold it themselves in 2016 uh, to be in Media Group, but in 2019, 49 percent of it was sold. 49 percent of it was sold to Viacom, CBS, and huh. that it, right now, as of April 3rd this year, um, Viacom owns half of. Miramax. I don't know. Is it worth anything now that it's not in Disney's well, hands? I don't know. 
Well, so what were the famous Miramax movies? You have the Tarantino films, you have Life is Beautiful, you have Shakespeare in Love. I mean... Do... There's too many to mention, but you're yeah. right about those. Right now, we're learning the lie, okay? He's like... Oh, they're, they're eavesdropping from the ground. Right. And so he's like, hey, I told you that your cousin didn't need to take that ticket, but he paid it from a company called Pritchard Chemicals. And he goes, oh, yeah, well, he switched jobs from insurance to chemicals. And he goes, oh, that's an interesting switch. And the cop's like, this motherfucker lied to me. That and is then, funny. And then you see they're in jail with the guy who hassled him in the diner. And he's like, he lied to right. me, too. He said, if I hassled you guys, the next time I got in trouble, he'd go easy on me. Look at me. I'm thrown in the clunk here. So basically, Pritchard Chemical is the one that's going to bring the chemical dump, and that's what uh, is the big lie that he can expose soap opera guy with. Meanwhile, back in the septic tank. Well, what happened is the cop was saying, we found something about people in that, or you know, associated, but it's not the kids, it's... It's uh, Rockefeller, and so they're arresting him right now for this stock swindle. Oh, wow. Hamilton. And Jimmy Bayo is like, why am I way in the back here? I should be up front and with <laughs> friend. Is it because I told Bob to fuck off? Look at how Marissa is not dressed. Well, we're away from her now, but she was in a man's shirt. Yeah. I guess she was doing work in the trenches is why. The trenches, they're digging like a septic tank. Yeah. So right now he's like, listen, if if uh, soap opera guy is telling everyone lies, then you need to arm yourself with the truth. That's how you get him. Good point. He is the wise old mentor. Oh, <laughs> typical Wall Street guys. They say, you got to tell the truth. Once they're in jail, they're like, yeah, the truth. <laughs> Very good. Very take good. It from, take it from me. You don't want to be where take, I am in jail. A guy, take it from a guy in handcuffs. <laughs> so at one point out, at uh, one point, the production, like, they didn't have any money. The brothers ran out of money. And they had to depend on this partner named Frank McGuire to supply financing. There's some story behind that. They really hated that. There's some, there's some story about how that made their lives awful. But I really don't care. Harvey yeah. Weinstein's life was awful. He went on I'm to sure be just has a, Yeah, right. I'm sure this movie has some interesting backstories. But you're right. Like, the people involved with it just kind of... It's now, so Universal... Because, yeah. Universal turned this into a real film and gave them success. There was a, um, a documentary on MTV, a 22 making of, a, a half an hour making of documentary. Um, so they did not suffer for this film. This film actually helped them even though it was so bad. There's this no story. No, there's a story. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's supposed to be a comedy and there's nothing funny going on. Right. Well, these lighthearted, you know, dreamers. 
So the hey. sister comes and sees all of the trouble that Danny's having, and Danny's saying like how everything's going great, and he's finding out it's not true. So it's basically like you parked illegally in the so and so, and you're doing resisting arrest, and I don't know. So the sister right comes the and sees him being hauled away. And uh -huh. I really think they missed a dramatic moment in which the sister could have been really upset. Um. Meanwhile, back in prison. Right. Yeah, my dad, he never liked me. He used to shove, he put a lot of ketchup on my plate. I guess I was acting out. Yeah, he used to dump salt. He said, you want salt? Here's salt. <laughs> dad, you know I have a sodium problem. So now, because we're in Act 3, we are supposed to have had Hero's Darkest Moment, even though that's what I'm saying. It wasn't very dark, in which he decides he's going to quit. And that is what's happening here. He's like, I'm going back to New York tomorrow. And um, usually what happens now is the hero gets educated about something like he would now learn about the chemical factory or something, but they didn't do it that way. And it's basically his friends who are going to convince him to stay. Yeah. I don't think the, his sister has anything to add. She is just – I mean – if this movie was written, they, they tried to write a traditional script here. They really did. But I think that they they missed it with Hero's Darkest Moment. It should have been much lower. And it should have been something was in peril, like we're going to put your sister in a foster home. Something serious, you know. And then he should have learned about the lies in the chemical factory and been realized, oh, there's Jimmy Bayo, that now he's got something against... Okay, so what sister's going to do now is she's going to start making moves. The first thing she's going to do is go to Chloe and say, my brother loves you. Do you know? <laughs> she's a little snitch. We're going to have a woman-to-woman -woman talk, she said. It's so strange. I love how the camera, like, it's like a sitcom, like, do-do-do-do, <laughs> exterior shot of the going up to the window. So... Now, Spikes is like, we got 12 hours to build this trench. And they're like, forget it, guys. I'm going home. Yeah, what about the septic tank trench? What are you talking about? I love septic. Why? Well, I'm even, I'm having a flashback. <laughs> this is I'm just dead. a dream. When, so that was the only time they had like a fantasy flash forward where they're dancing and stuff. They're not going to be like... Imagine the septic tank finished. Right. Star swipe. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. They no, they in the beginning when he was talking him into joining this little venture. That's when we had our flash forwards. So basically the sister knows that if Chloe says stay, he's gonna stay. Because he's totally in love. Well, that's sweet. Yeah. See what they're saying. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Oh, and they're walking, even though there's no pizzeria or bowling alley in sight. Yeah. Rock got arrested, you left, and there's no pizzeria, and Scott Bayo got such a terrible part. <laughs> Jimmy Bayo. 
Jimmy Mayo. Oh, I got to stop doing this. <laughs> it's Jimmy Mayo over here is this. I'm going to be on this shit list. Because that's probably what he hates. He probably hates. Hey, aren't you the cousin of Scott Mayo? No, I'm that kid from Soap. Well, oh, it's funny, too, because I was watching Breaking Training, and I said, oh, my God, let me check his IMDb page. And I went to the bio, and he's like, brother of actor Jimmy Bayo. <laughs> like, oh, uh, right. like <laughs> his brother is an actor, but he's, it's not Scott Bayo. Because he's also a cousin of Scott Bayo, if it's a brother. Yeah. And they chose to well, say. Well, no, it was like his brother was a, an actor, but it wasn't Scott Bayo. So that was what it was mentioned. Look so at this. What 666. We're, yeah, what we're seeing here is that, well, it's 666 D6. Oh, it's running off. What we're seeing here is that this Pritchard company has been definitely paying off soap opera guy. So now we're well, having a big speech. They used the computer to find this out? Yes. That <laughs> new invention in 86. Yeah. Oh, I saw this in War Games. It's a computer. Well, can you get the information? Sure. It'll just show up on the screen immediately. <laughs> right. In yellow <laughs> font. Wow, we're getting the information we need. Uh, rapid pace. Seconds. Okay. Now, basically, what he's saying is we got to get the backhoe into town and we've got to do it with nobody noticing so they won't try to sabotage us. So we're going to play the biggest game of Christopher Columbus ever. And we're tying in our movie fart. Christopher movie. Columbus. Right. And what about the bridge? That's the thing. They're not going to fix the bridge. They're just going to drive that fucking backhoe right across it. And so now they're doing diversionary tactics. And this is supposed to distract the town from what's – and the you'll see – the backhoe just drives through all the chaos. Nobody notices. I love how they tie in Christopher Columbus. That was from that movie we were watching called, uh, oh, it's the same movie. No, it's the same. Well, they must be playing for keeps, these guys. Oh, right. See, they were just playing in the beginning, first hour of this film, but now they're playing for keeps. This was released October 3rd. Uh, it made... 1.4 million from uh, you know over a thousand theaters uh, during its open weekend, and it went on to win uh, uh, to make um, 2.663 million domestically. So this was a success. They spent uh, I don't have the dollar amount that they spent, but they this was a, they made money. Oh, Universal made money. They bought it, so Universal made the money. The Weinstein's just got, uh, I don't know what their payout was or anything. So Spice is getting distracted by food, which he loves, and Marissa Torme's like, come on! Uh-oh, they're making too much noise. Oh, no. So wait, do you think, like, Steven Soderbergh would be like, listen, I think I know uh, what I'm talking about. And they're like, no, no, you got to do this. He's like, why? Because you direct co-directed Playing for Keeps? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's like um, every now and again when Oprah was on TV, there'd be some film star and they'd relay something and she would go, when I was filming The Color Purple, and she would, you know, she became an expert, you know what I mean? Well, she was an expert. I mean, she is like a, you can't dismiss Oprah when it comes to movies. 
in that movie, she went on later to do the that uh, Wrinkle in Time. Wrinkle in Time. I saw that with her in there. But, but which was a great book. I I don't know about that movie. I I. You know what? The movie was great. The movie was great. It was the book. Nothing happens in the book, and nothing happens in the movie. It was perfect. All right. I guess I'll have to see it. I already know it's fine. You must have like read that book and thought it was like something better than it was. I guess you know? yes. I was young when I read that book, and I didn't like how the book started without really explaining this is going to be a travel through the universe movie. You know, it was just like some dude walking home with these two sisters. It didn't. Things weren't adding up. The next thing you know, they were like off on some journey. Right. It doesn't matter. Let's see. I wrote down the Rodney Danger. Oh, my five wives. And uh-huh. I guess I'll also see. It's on Amazon Prime. Prime. Oh, Amazon Prime. I don't yeah. have to do Netflix DVD. No, you can just watch it and go, why did I watch this? I'll tell you, it's one of the great, like, he's super old in it. And, you know, he'll say like, oh, and then, you know, the dog never came back. And they'll be like, oh, Rodney's character, you're so funny. Oh, uh, I'll tell you another thing. Jimmy Bale. Oh, look at that. She's buying ham. Well, one of their diversionary tactics is the ham was 11 cents a pound. And she's like, holy shit. So basically they mark down everything in the grocery store to be like, you know, dimes and nickels. Oh, I'll tell you, my local uh, butcher, the ham is like 11 cents a pound. Oh, Rodney's character, you're so funny. That's like every old Rodney movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Well, there's chaos in the chaos in the grocery. I heard chocolate chips are $1.69. Yeah, see, I was thinking that. I saw that. Chocolate chip cookies? Look how much, uh, no, but that was the real price. It was 86 Yeah. Basically, everything's going wrong now. Uh, the electric guy is going to make the diner go nuts. You know, how can he make records fly out? I don't know. It's all the diversionary tactics right now so that no one will notice the backhoe. I love it. Like, they, they're causing a lot of mischief. They're like gremlins. Move over, gremlins. Yes. Except Move over, uh, critters. Not like gremlins at all. <laughs> what I remember is munchies. You think the, the munchies would pull this off, right? They would, tell, they would shoot off. Uh... Wait, how is that possible? I love the munchies movie head. That was really good. <laughs> yeah. The munchies, they were great. Well, they were, they were, you know, discrediting who they were back then, the Munchies. Of course, we're talking about the Monkeys, and I just want to say Paul McCartney's putting out a new record, and he has never addressed the fact that the Beatles' early songs really, really sound a lot like the Monkeys, you know? Oh, what a rip. Yeah, you ever see, like, a Help or Hard Day's Night? What Here's a rip the backhoe. All right, here we go. We love the first dairy. So, so he's the backhoe is sneaking through town. The plan worked, and they dress up as nuns and they they hoodwink a guy into renting them the backhoe. But now he finds the um, files on Pritchard Chemicals, and he's going to expose Soap Opera Guy. Now, so Soap far, Opera so Guy's good. about to walk into his office. So Chloe 
is distracting him with some unfunny drama. I'm going to college. I, I'm, I'm scared. I, I don't know if I should go. Wait, is that her dad? No, it's it's uh, just the just bad the... guy who's her dad is basically was just in that one scene. He he's with the shotgun. You know, you're my daughter. You're coming home. Okay, now she's just him... harassing this guy. Yeah, she's preventing him from walking in and capturing, uh, discovering Danny, finding out the information. Now. We see a real movie scene here in which, with one punch, a guy's knocked out. I love it. I got to tell you, in movies, it's completely unrealistic because when you get bumped on your head, that, and you're knocked out, I mean, that's a serious concussion. It's a, it's a, you can be damaged from that. Right. And in the movies, it's just like, if you want to make a guy fall asleep for a little while, you punch him. Well, no, or worse, you, you use the back of your rifle. Like, you have yeah. a gun, but you just hit them in the head with the gun, and they pass out, and when they come to, they're, like, in a different place. No harm, no foul. No harm, no foul. Yeah. I know. I love the TV show Lost, but that's basically every episode. Okay, now they're going to take this backhoe across the rickety thing. It's very dangerous, and Silk is <clears throat> doing it, and he's going to get in trouble, but then... Spike shows up, gets in the driver's seat with him, and somehow, because Spike is there, it's successful. That makes no sense. Yeah. What a rip. Have you ever seen the movie, um, oh, God, uh, Sorcerer, William Freakin, with, uh, I think Eric Roberts is in it. No, I Roy know. Schneider. Roy Schneider. It's good. It's, it's about uh, these kind of suicidal truckers who are driving around, like, South America, and, it, it, you know, through these, like, Bridges that just don't hold up. I think uh -huh. they have like nitroglycerin or something. Should it's, I it's, see it's, it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's a great movie. Saucerer. What year? Because I bet you. Seventy-seven. Okay. I'll William Freakin. It, it's it's a truck. It's not. There's no sorcerers in it. Now, in my Netflix DVD queue is all these films that can't be. They don't have them, and they're in the yeah. waiting list. And I, so I started looking up on YouTube, and I got some movie suggestions for you. There's some there's some oh. YouTube. I'll send them to you. Okay. Yeah, lay it on me. Maybe we'll, perhaps we can watch them in a future episode. You'll be interested in some of these because the premise of the show is that you read about them or knew about them or heard about them, and there was yeah. no recourse for you, no actionary, no way for you to see them. No, and, I just had to read about them. Some of these will be the I know some of these will okay. be your list. Yeah, send it send it my way. You okay, know, now I have this a, guy goes I have a movie picked I have a movie picked out for next week, by the way. Wait, it's not America three thousand. Oh, oh, we're doing America three thousand next week. What well, I, I unless you say differently, I thought that was the plan. Let's do that. Yeah. I have a movie in two weeks. <laughs> okay. We're Am taking, I messing you up or no, not at all. Okay, by the way, we're not talking about the movie, but you're not missing a thing. Uh, it's not hilarity. What's really happening is now they're going around and they're getting all the people who would flip if they learned that soap opera guy was really trying to make a chemical dump in their nice town. So they're basically kidnapping. Literally kidnapping. Up oh, there's dad. Yeah. Huh? How did you guys get here? I saw this on the 18th. 
You saw this in the eighteen. Hi, yeah. character actor. What's going on now? There's oh yep. They're like... kidnapping everybody so that they can expose soap opera guy in front of them. It's not realistic, but it is very much a movie. That doesn't make any sense. So he's like, come over and I'll buy the property. So soap opera guy shows up and he goes, why isn't anybody here? This is very suspicious. Hmm. Hello, Mr. Soap Opera Guy. What's that file you've got there? Why, it's the Pritchard chemical file. Ta-da! Give me that file, you. Yeah. I bet you want this paper file. Thank God this what? film is ending, man. So bad. Yeah, I know. This is really, like, it wasn't fun. It's just because it's it was Miramax at a time in which, and I'm glad we found some sexual harassment so we could show that this guy did it all the way back when. Yeah, way back when. Yeah, good for us. It's so strange because it's just that, you know, he would make these decisions, artistic decisions, and you would say, well, what does he know other than just being a pighead? And he, <laughs> he made movies. He wrote and directed this movie. Yeah, but at the same time, you're right. He was just like, I'm a big money guy. But it, at the, also, it is his prerogative. Oh, exposed. Exposed. Oh, no, I got to get out of here. I didn't realize all the town people were here listening. Not so fast. I gotta get out of here. But not so fast. What? You're you caught. kidnapped their town and brought them to listen to me? And now and, they're pissed at me? Right. They don't mind because they got pissed at me? Yeah, that's so true. They Listen, forget about kidnapping. We gotta get after that guy. Now, the home inspection guy comes and it's like, you ready for the inspection or what's going on? Three months later, we get to wrap up this freaking film. Wow, that's crazy. Do, 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 do. It's the first meeting of the stockholders of the Hotel Majestic. And who are the stockholders again? It's the whole town. It's it's Jimmy Bayo and other people. Now look Hotel how eighties. Majestic. Look how eighties. That's not eighties. That's like seventies. It looks like some oh, yearbook. There's no patrons there. Big deal. They opened up. Wait a minute, I'm wrong. There's this rock and roll house. So many patrons. Hey, oh my god, it's the Corys. Oh. <laughs> wow, look at that, man. They're just like Holy oh. cow. The guys from Growing Pains are here. And, and yeah. look, it's Corey Feldman. Whoa. Whoa. Holy cow. It's Facts of Life Girl. Hey. <laughs> Facts of Life Girl. Oh, my God. It's Mallory from uh, Growing Pains. So she keeps on taking money from the till and giving it to charities. And they're like, cut it out. Look at my Marissa Tomei butt. So she gets to do what she wants, which was be an aerobics instructor. He gets to do what he wants which is be the athletic director. Right. And Silk will, he, look, he's the chef like he always wanted. Hey, no. I'm a oh, chef he... now. Oh, no, so, wait, Silk? No, Silk will be the um, star he's... in the, yeah. we'll have the whole musical Michael Jackson scene for Silk. I look forward to that. 
Yeah, let's get your 80s pizza. <laughs> Pretzel bites. That's uh, Scott Vale. And look, he got his arcade. Larry Diamond's Intergalactic Arcade. And he gets to play for free. Yeah. Free play. All the Wizard of War you want. Wow, look at that. You can go and play Galaxian all night. Right. Look, that's the... Now, look, here comes Rock into the foyer. And okay. everybody stops as if they've been with the Rock story the whole time. Rockefeller, what did you do? And you broke out. He goes, yeah, just for one night. They, like, released him for a night so he could be at the party. And the cop's like, we're even now. This is like some Logan Run shit where an old man walks into a bar, into a party, and all, <laughs> all, the, all the kids stop. Let's party! Rah! Party with a rock! Can't have a rock and roll hotel without Rockefeller. Wasn't there a majestic film with uh with with Jim Carrey? The yeah. Majestic. Yeah, I don't remember it. Oh no, he gets like amnesia and he comes back and like I don't know, he may be this guy or something like that. Right. Uh which uh, wasn't there Oh, here comes Silk. Yeah, Silk is Michael Jackson for this. It's so eighties the song. Look at everyone's crowd. Oh, my God. That's what I miss about the one during these COVID times or the films where the extras are like, yeah, Silk's performing. <laughs> They're all into it. Yeah. And the sister is there and she's got to be 12. You know, she should not be there. Well, what else is she going to do? She she drove over to Pennsylvania and the mom didn't care. The, yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I said the mom doesn't show up anymore. She did have a scene there when he went home, but she she just let her sister go uh, i don't know now he silk is singing yeah make a wish and then make it come true and it's all part of the plot you know it's wrapping up the plot so he gets his dream he gets to be a pop star yay hooray for silk now, when did he rehearse with these guys and get all ready and hire the the, the solid gold dancers and I know and the synthesizers yeah. right and everything's all eighties and do they have the electricity? I know they had an issue with electricity. Uh, they fixed that. Clearly. Oh, okay, yeah, clearly. <laughs> Listen, it's you can't have a rock and roll stockings, Get it? Silk in the stockings. Oh my God! Oh, there's the eighties sax player. Mm -hmm. Who's totally into it. Listen, you can't have a rock and roll hotel without some rock in it. Right. Yeah. You can't have a rock and roll hotel without rock in the name. But they didn't put rock in the name. But they got, like, the Silk's rocking out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They got to see a concert. You know, the 80s turned into the 90s, and, and, and the look and feel of everything changed, and it became grunge and stuff. I wonder what this hotel did. Oh, they had a view of the times. Probably. Yeah. They will soak on grunge. That's all. Just wore a little plaid. <laughs> right, wore plaid. Well, and started playing rock songs. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Hey. Now this is Spike talking, right? 
Carl, this is Spike, not not uh, Danny. That's right. It's Spike wrapping up. Why is Spike our narrator? I don't get it. I don't know. We'll have to ask the Weinsteins who wrote it. Look, fireworks, okay. they splurged for fireworks. Well, they knew, you know, you had to end with a bang. <laughs> yeah. There it is! He did it. Yay. Uh, and now we have Julian Lennon live doing his father's song. Over the end credits. Is he performing at least? I mean, like, no. No, it's just a recording. Wow. The stockholders. Well, at least we end on a closed caption of our, our heroes, Danny Spikes. Yeah. Spikes plural? Yeah, Spikes is plural. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've never. never explained why they have these nicknames and what their real names are. Listen, but, I've, yeah. how, how many Spikes do you know? Like, people named Spike singular. Well, there's a few dogs. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. They boy, he hates Tom. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but uh, to Jerry. Yeah, but I mean, like, I know maybe I know a couple people named Spike. I've never met anyone named Spike. Spikes, plural. Well, that makes what yeah. that makes him stand out. Yeah. Uh, tell me, Mike, what did you think of this? I mean, I'm being a little, I'm biasing you by saying this piece of crap film. But what did you think of this piece of crap film? I think it's a piece of crap. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna go out on a limb here, but yeah, this was uh, imaginary. Like they're high school kids, and it just his he's happens to be in luck because his family member dies and leaves him a hotel, leaves him, so leaves right. his family, and then he just takes it. Right, he left it to his family, which is essentially the mom. And right, they just took it. Yeah, they just took it, and then they terrorized the town so they could all show up. <laughs> they terrorized. Well, they did. Everything they did to get that backhoe in there, they would have gone to jail for any of those diversions. Yes. Uh, and for kidnapping people? Yeah. I mean, this is all federal crimes. Uh, yeah. Kidnapping is a federal crime, not even a local. And what kind of hotel? Like, there's not another competitor hotel. It's not a hotel town. I'm sorry. I don't, That's I'm not right. Hawley, Pennsylvania. Who wants to, um, yeah. you know, uh, to vacation in Hawley? Wow, look at this, the players. All these Spikes fantasy. Silk's fantasy, I mean. Yep. Yeah. Lady who finds cheap steaks. Oh, Bonnie Lewis. <laughs> oh, was Bonnie Lewis in this? Her steak finding abilities. <laughs> Some strange uh dog. Salvadorian. Oh, yeah, it's funny. The dog was named Spike. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, here's the songs. Pete Townsend. Pete, Peter Frampton. Yeah. China Crisis. OMD. I never and Duran Duran. Mr. Sledge, Arcadia. I'm a couple oh. seconds behind. Stand By Me, Julian. Oh, yeah, look at the executive producers of the music wine scene. Oh, the executive producer. Wait, what'd you say about the music? Were they associated with the music? Yeah, well, they were kind of, they were executive producers on it. Oh, okay, okay. So I'm not sure how the wine scenes could get, I thought it would be that Universal bought it and they got the soundtrack, but. but... No, I think they, they, they set it up. Okay. I mean, it sounds like a wine I'm scene. 
Listen, I'm getting you Peter Frampton. It's a piece of shit, but he's on it. Yeah, that's right. So this was very bad, and I'm glad we watched it. There was lots to yeah. talk about, and there was, um, you know, it's interesting because it's the Weinsteins, and yeah, go on it's history, the rest of, and Bob Weinstein really got away with something. I mean, it was all about his brother, right? Right. Bob was just there. Like, uh, I don't think he should release those uh, foreign films. He goes, that's it. I'm not releasing those foreign films. Harvey Weinstein refuses to be. I think you should hire that girl, but only if she's nice to you, wink, wink. That's it. I'm hiring that girl. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein. I bet you Bob was behind it all, pulling the levers, getting no, you know, criticism. Somewhat. Somewhat. I don't know. Uh, it's a complicated story, but let's never talk about the wine scenes again. We're done. Great idea. Great idea. Well, that's been our show. Uh, we're very excited. Next week, we have a special show. One of the movies we watched a couple years ago, it's our personal favorite, but uh, the recording was just garbled. So we are starting off the year by taking a break and re-issuing uh, this episode, America 3000, which is a great film from the 80s about yeah. the future and... Uh, Still on YouTube. Still on YouTube. So we're going to rebroadcast an episode we did a couple years ago, which, you know, recently we had an episode air and it was garbled. We'll replay that in the future. We were yes. aware of it. Uh, but this one is from a couple years back. So we're going to take a break, uh, which is good for Carl, because, Carl, the movie I picked, you're going to hate me for it. So we'll right. have to wait two weeks. We'll have to wait two weeks for that to happen. <laughs> uh, but go ahead and... Uh, We'd we'll love to see you next week, so uh, check out our, our screening premiere of uh, our encore premiere, as it were. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're playing a rerun, is what I'm trying to say. America <laughs> 3000. And then we'll be back with some new uh, shows. And you're going to hate me for the next movie. I'll okay. Tell you. Yeah. Tell me you... now, because uh, we won't get to announce it on America 3000. Right. Okay, fair enough. Well, you know, uh, anytime I could find a Robert Downey Sr. movie, we're Curse watch you, it. Siegel, and <laughs> Curse you! So I found a Robert Downey Sr. movie from oh, 1986 starring okay. Robert Downey Jr. Uh, and Martin Mull. It's called, oh, even the title, <laughs> Renting Lips. Renting L-I-P-S, Lips. And we'll see Martin Mull, who we know well, but we'll yeah. also see Robert Downey Jr.? Yep. Is yep. he yep. kid? You know, he's 86, so he's like, you know... Uh, talk about uh, he I don't was know. a teenager. All he, right, was he? Yeah, I think it was on Saturday Night Live at that point. I don't even oh, remember. Okay, but it was after Back to School for sure. It's about uh, a production of a porno movie, I think. Mm -hmm. So it's called Renting Lips, Carl. How awful is that? Yeah, and that'll be in two weeks, so that'll be an original episode. But we want you to enjoy America 3000. Next, no, it's Saturday. good America 3000. It's Pocahontas. Post-apocalyptic, it's a piece of crap if you watch it on your own, but if you watch it with us, it's it, no, you'll you know, love it. it'll be funny. Yeah, and there's all this, um, the slang terms they used and everything. Uh, you'll like it. You'll enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad we're replaying it because it didn't get to hear it the first time around, and it's worthy of a show. Uh, oh, so. Sounds good. Well, we're, we're going to check it out next week, and we would love to have you watch it. Carl, that's it. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for watching the movie and researching it. Audience, thank you for being part of the show. And we will see everyone next Sunday. Let's watch a full length.
That's right. Back again here at Mutiny Radio. Soul Sausage on air. Your late night or early morning variety show. I'm your host, Frosty Nugs. Sitting here with Mr. Sean Lamar. Hamlet. What a spectacular day it's been, huh? We've been working hard here at Mutiny. It's been wonderful. Fantastic. We've yeah, been here all fucking, man, we've basically been, been, uh, what's going on? We've yeah, been here um, for us. Shit, I'm gonna be here 12 hours, 13 hours by the time I get out of here today. Yep. I haven't Putting been here that long, days. but I've been here. Full I, days. I Who said I don't have a job? I don't know what they're talking about. Right. We got the best job in town, actually. Uh, yeah. Best job in town, uh... We'll be here for a while tonight. We got a lot of great stuff lined up. Maybe a couple special guests here, too. We are at 2781 21st Street on the corner of Florida, deep in the heart of the mission, San Francisco, California. Give us a call. Let us know what you're thinking, how you're feeling, what you want to hear, whatever. Say what's up, 415-550-0511. Any, uh, anything, what's going on with you this week? What's going on with me? Yeah, I missed you last week. Yeah. And let me tell you, you didn't miss nothing. It was an interesting show I did, but uh, it was just, it was a total mess when it comes to, um, you know, uh, technology here at Mutiny. Like, shit was just all over the place. All over the place. I see you got that mandolin. Nope, not a mandolin. Ukulele rock. Ukulele, yeah, I put on a little show earlier. My little ukulele played a couple of my hits. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, right. Don't worry. I'm gonna uh, play some more for you guys, and hopefully we'll be able to have you guys download them to your iPods and favorite things you like to listen to shit on. We're gonna we right. get you live tonight. Uh, maybe we'll see. Bring we'll live. See. Get a little ukulele. I should practice on. a little more. You know, get a little better at it. Yeah. Or I do it at a open mic or some shit. Well, we will definitely have some. Some quality music for you, as we always do. What do you think? Should we go? Should we give it to him right away? Give yeah. him a little culture? Hell yeah, man. I fucking culture. love culture. Where's my shit? I yeah, need me to, too. I need to get to While we're queuing that up. I don't know. What do you say, Sean? I'd like to send a couple shout-outs. First of all, to Pam Benjamin. Uh, Total Trooper. We covered the joke workshop for her earlier today it was a great time and uh really constructive especially for myself uh with a few jokes molly sanchez uh gave me some good good pointers uh, very talented comedian with a, a infectious laugh right wonderful laugh wonderful. wonderful um and then yeah uh please get well pam she was out for because she uh, yeah, get well, had pam. some uh hospital yeah stuff she had to surgery care. today she, she said surgery. yeah so, so everybody, she says she likes flowers and cards, <laughs> so people get flowers. Flowers and chocolate kisses. And cards. Flowers and, and cards. cards. <laughs> uh, let's see. I didn't even... What do you think? Let me get a track. Let me get a track. No, just pick one. Let's Anyone. Pick one. They're all fucking fabulous. That's true. They're all so good. They're fucking all of them. I think I'm just going to go with the first I'm one because... illegally download some of that shit. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know. Like everyone does. Uh, we're gonna go with culture, and this is the Rasta Man. Hell yeah. Hey, 
war And I'm looking for some action But like Mick Jagger said I can't get no satisfaction The girls are all around But none of them want to get with me My friends are fresh and I'm looking deaf Yo, what's up with L.O.C. The girls are all jocking At the other end of the bar Having drinks with some no-name chump When they know that I'm a star So I got him and over Side of the cantina. I asked the guy why you so fly. He said, Funky Comadina. This brother told me a secret on how to get more chicks. Put a little Medina in your glass, and the girls will come real quick. Any alcohol or aphrodisiac A couple of sips of this love potion And she'll be on your lap So I gave some to my dog When he began to beg And then he licked his bowl And he looked at me and did a wild thing on my leg He used to scratch and bite me Before he was much, much meaner But now all the poodles run to my house For the funky comedina You know what I'm saying? I got every dog in my neighborhood Breaking down my door I got Spuds, Bacchini, Alex from Strohs. They want me, my dog, along with that Medina pal. I went up to this girl. She said, hi, my name is Sheena. I thought she'd be good to go with a little funky cold Medina. She said, I like a drink. I said, mm, I'll go get it. And then a couple of sips, she go lick the lips, and I knew that she was with it. So I took her to my crib, and everything went well as planned. But when she got a dress, it was a big old mess. Sheena was a man. So I threw her mouth. I don't fool around with no Oscar Mayer wiener. You must be sure that your girl is pure for the funky cold Medina. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no plans with a man. This is the 80s. The locust down with the lady. No joke. Break it down. I took a shot as a contestant on the love connection. The audience voted, and you know they picked a winner. I took my date to the Hilton for Medina and some dinner. We had a few drinks, I'm thinking soon what I'll be getting. Instead, she started talking about plans for a wedding. So I grabbed my coat and hit the door. I said, baby, I'll be seeing you. That's why I found you don't fool around with the funky cold Medina. You know what I'm saying? That Medina's a monster.
Alright. What do you think, folks? That was Soundgarden with Rusty Cage. This is the Empire Strikes Back. John Williams and Boston Pops Orchestra. I found this record digging through the crates here at UV Radio. Really find some true gems so far. Great stuff. I love playing it for you. I thought you'd like this one, Sean. So this is tonight's background music right now. I was gonna play Close Encounters, but I couldn't remember how that one went, so I, I want to see that of the uh, Empire Strikes Back here at Mutiny Radio is kind of significant that our little Empire Strikes Back <laughs> to the old Empress, whatever, I don't know. I don't know what it's called. I am uh, your host, Frosty Nugs, sitting here with, as always, Sean Lamar. And a friendly drop by Bay Area comedian Chris Kanatzer. What up, Chris? <laughs> Just trying to do a little Darth Vader for you. A little Darth. A little Darth. Uh, tell us about your evening. It has been a, a wild evening here, Muni. Uh, where were you at? Yeah, I feel like I missed a lot of the fun. Uh, I was doing a show in Sebastopol at the Woodford Brewery. Nice. With uh, some other comics. Yeah, it was a nice show. It was fun. Good and show. I rolled um, back in the show. My first thoughts, I got out of my friend's car, and I just walked over to Mutiny. Yeah. See, what's, see what's going well, on. Well, you know, it's great because you're living over here in the hood now. So it's, yep. it's it's totally like whenever you're on your way home, you might as well just drop on by, see what's kicking you. Yeah. There's always something really exciting going on here. Like, honestly, yesterday I walked by and was in a funk. And here you were doing a show that was somebody else's show, and there was random. Yeah, there was a there was a beautiful lady who was taking her clothes off in the studio. <laughs> you uh, know, she was supposed to be with us. Sean was here playing the ukulele. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah, it gets pretty it cheered wild me up. here. It's, it does. It gets wild it's here, Muni. It does. Uh, is everyone hearing themselves good here? Yeah, well, testing, good, testing. Up I know that mic is crazy hot. This one? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I don't all right. keep it up. I just, uh, I just, I step back. There you go. Boom. Yeah, you yeah. know. There actually, you yeah, you don't, you don't even have to get, like, sometimes you I'm gotta good. get up in there. That one, you can, like, sit this yeah. far back and it works fine. No, I'm good on this mic. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, LL Cool J. Mama said, knock you up. Right? Remember that mic? It was upside she down. She did. She right. did. Right. This is getting pretty, uh, what is it? Tormentuous? Is that a word? Like, uh. It is now. It is right now. Woo! It's getting chaotic. The Empire Strikes Back. Don't call it a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. Oh, yeah. They've That's been here shit. for years. So, uh, what day is it? It is Monday night or Tuesday morning, whichever way you look at it. Are you tomorrow? No, you are on Thursdays. Uh, tell yeah. us about your show. Uh, it's the Lonely Lunch. Airs every Thursday from noon to two. I don't know whether or not you can actually hear it live, and it doesn't matter to me if you do. <laughs> Just go and get the podcast. Pick whatever podcast you like. Uh, last week, uh, you know, I, I people always ask me, "What do you do on the show?" I don't do anything. I don't talk. I barely talk. I just play <laughs> some music, play some old classic comedy clips. Uh, last week was two hours of music and comedy devoted to heroin. Hell yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of really great rock and roll and uh, some really great sad songs written about uh, heroin addiction. I just was in that sort of mood. And a week before that, had Juliana Lustinata, a local singer-songwriter, come perform a live set. She was amazing. Uh, this week, I have uh, Mark and Naomi, a couple from Germany who are touring California right now, and they play a lot of interesting uh, instruments like the glockenspiel, and they sing funny songs, so they'll be doing that thing 
this Thursday, and I'll play some Nico Case because I always play Nico Case on pretty much every show and uh, and some other fun music. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we listen if you want. If you don't, hey, read we were a book listening or before. There you go. I, before I think we because books exist. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, and before we took over yesterday, I think your podcast was playing. I got a, a taste of the Lonely Lunch, and uh, you got some great music on there. Yeah, thanks yeah. a lot. Uh, Stefania was shout out to really loved it actually. She's a big fan of like the jazz stuff you were playing. Shout yeah, out thanks. to all the DJs here. I I've I've turned on sometimes at like just random times and whoever is on is just playing some dope ass music. There's all the time. So many different kinds of uh, music. Yeah. And, and like it's always, everybody's always passionate good. about what they're playing, so you get the best of the best. Yeah, there's and a even lot if it's of not your thing. Uh, you know, there are so many great and talented individuals that come up here in Mutiny every day, and not just the uh, the people that are part of the collective, but people that just walk by. That's oh, like yeah. decide to pop oh, yeah. in, and all of a sudden they blow your mind. Like tonight, uh, uh, speaking of something like this, tonight we got the CD in our hand here. Kevin Kenny Kornler. Kenny Crowley, yeah, Kenny. Uh, high on the world. Oh yeah, he just stopped by. He brought a dude with a stand-up bass. It's like how many times do people drop by with a stand-up bass? It's not you know? every night. The whole crew was just fucking cool as shit. Yeah, they, they, they were great. Three, they three took us piece, down the block. You know, little percussion, uh, acoustic guitar, oh, and, yeah. and stand-up bass, and some vocals, and they, they were they were killing it. They rocked it. Uh, we will be playing a track uh, soon enough from Kenny Crowley. But uh, keeping it going here with Chris Kanatzer. So what do you think? Thank you. Star Wars 1 through 6, what's your favorite? Uh, this is it, Empire Strikes Back, Episode 5. I think most people like... I mean, I was a kid. It was right in my wheelhouse. The one? That's the one you like? Yeah, I was like 10 years old when this shit came out. It was yeah. just, it just fried my mind. It was so what good. What about you? Which one? I saw, it in, the, I saw it in the... Um, uh, drive-in. Did you ever go to like a drive-in? Do they have oh, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they still have them in the Midwest. There's there's a couple of active ones like Bloomington, Indiana's got one. Yeah, there was a really one. awesome one on Long Island. My dad would take me to all the time. It was so cool because it's like we'd like go get Wendy's. We had like a routine. Now wait a you minute. Know? This this is this is Superman, isn't it? Or is this still Empire this Strikes is still Back? Still Empire Strikes Back, but they have a lot of similarities. Yeah, this kind of sounds like the Flying with Lois music. Or they might have maybe gone back into it. They might have gone back into it because this is like a live performance with the Boston Pops. Ah, uh, okay. But yeah, I think, no, I think that Wars was the too, end of sure. Star Wars. My, uh, this my, is some love scene. It's very past Star Wars. Wars is the, uh, episode three. Um, this is where Luke it's probably like is caressing. Wait, you should talk about the last one? The last one that yeah. I can't remember uh, which this one is where that Luke is caressing Princess Leia. Well, this is Leia the one where uh, telling her everything's gonna be okay. Where he basically turns into Dark Vader. Oh yeah. yeah. See, now I definitely have some problems with that. Exactly, and I knew you would because you guys, <laughs> you guys are. I don't want to say you guys are legitimately Star Wars fans because that would be saying that I was not a legitimate Star Wars fan, oh, yeah. which I am. It's for I'm just from a different era, and mm. to me, like. That one, that third one, that tied all that shit together. It like, did, to but me, I, I just had a problem. Well, I mean, mean George episode Lucas. three or Return episode of the three. Jedi? No, episode, yeah, three. episode three. Yeah. Well, I just, just, I just, I, it blew my mind. Matter of fact, I, I'll say the this. First, I'll say this the, though. The, the, the Wait, let me say this. The third one actually made me get into all of them. Yeah. So like, I, I like I, 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 I saw them before, but like until I saw that one, like that one was just like. Oh shit! I get it. Like, oh god! I not now. I went back and watched all the other ones, you know. But like, that was the one. Like, it just that was it for me. That I just I just had a problem, quite frankly, when when they show 
what Anakin becoming Darth Vader and they're screwing the face on him or whatever. It's so Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, it's totally, it and then he's like, and then he, he like literally screams no up into the sky, which is, by the way, how everyone makes fun of overly dramatic movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, come on, George Lucas. Like, really? I really thought, I mean, there's nothing better than like four, five, and six. And even though the technology or whatever, you know, was better for the f one, two, and three, like, really, like, they were kind of shitty movies compared to the original. I don't think three. the third one was. I really like, don't. The original Number two, three star Wars, like, I wasn't was, really into I don't know, maybe it. Maybe I'm nostalgic. Uh, episode two. one, I, I didn't a, really like it either. Nah, I, didn't care. I was but like, the third one, like, you. it was action. I don't know. It was, it was smarter than me. Like, the third one. I, I'm not saying the third one is better than the first three. Yeah. I'm just—it was definitely better than the the last two that came before them. Like episode one and two, I didn't—I didn't really like those. Like the whole race. I remember scene, everyone I, hated uh, Jar Jar Binks. Everyone uh, hated. I did Big like uh, Jar Jar Binks. I did okay. like the Darth Maul guy because I thought like yeah. if, if if I was gonna have a bad guy. That's what the fuck he would look like. He looks scary. And the double saber, that was pretty. Yeah, that was he's pretty, pretty badass. So, uh, yeah, but besides that, and I do appreciate the that episode of Star Wars. What is it? Episode one. Yeah, for being Liam Neeson's last movie, in which he wasn't just a pissed off guy kicking everyone's ass. <laughs> Yeah, right? All he does now Leo is just Mesa. go around just yeah, kicking everyone's yeah. ass in the whole movie. Did like he's doing it on a plane right now. You see the wolf on a plane. He's doing it on a plane right now. And then his <laughs> the guy, the guy's a, a worldwide expert on having uh, recovering he, kidnapped this, yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and his family is constantly kidnapped. Wow. <laughs> yeah. is, it, is this taken? Don't, don't there three? have to be some measures you take at home? Is that what it is? Is it taken three? No, it's. I think it's a different. It's, it's not different, called Taken. It's, no, it's not. It's but not it's part the of the Taken shit. franchise. Yeah, but it's the same shit. Uh, on a plane. I can't wait for Taken three <laughs> though. Like, who are they gonna take? Like, third time. Come on. Shame on you, Liam Neeson. Right. Shame on you. Did you, you know, see the one with him? When it works, wolf? it there, works. No, not he was a wolf, but he was like on a plane crash and there was wolves trying to. Oh yeah, he had, to, he had to kick animals' asses. Gray, right? Yeah. He, oh yeah. He's going around kicking animals' asses. Yeah, that's That's what I was saying. He's always kicking everyone's ass in the whole movie. That's what I he think does. As an actor, he just went in and told his agent, like, listen, I've always wanted to just be, like, a superhero, and now every movie is just but him he is, like, every the way, the, way, like, the way the movie ends is, is there's, a, there's him, right? There's him, and then there's the big main wolf, and they're both looking at each other, and then he rushes. You know, like, really? Yeah. Do you remember the name That's of this Liam movie? Neeson, I remember this. It's like Gray, The Gray, or Enter the Gray or something like We can look it up. Yeah. Um, Liam we Nelson. could. We could. I think that's what it is, The Gray. I went to the movie theaters inside, and it's very high or drunk. Yeah, Either that's, one. It's all he does now is just every the opening of every Liam Neeson movie now should just be starring Liam Neeson, and everyone else is just going to get their ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't need to know their name. So uh, we're coming in Crap. back, uh, back around with the original. Right. Oh yeah. I like we should have some dialogue here. Can you read the uh, scrolling? Uh, oh, yeah. The beginning. The galaxy far, long, long far away. Galaxy far, far away. Yes, true classics here. Rebel troops and soul sausage on, on the here. planet of Tatooine. It is, <laughs> it is 12:30. We are having a blast here. Sean Lamar, Chris Kanatzer. We're gonna get back to some music with some James Brown. And I feel that old feeling coming on. Yeah, while he neglects to close the mic, I'm just gonna say good night, everybody. Yeah. Yeah.
Some sounds booming out of Jeep where I'm from. Cocoons hide the youth. Swoon units 100 proof. You want some beef? They will cut you some where I'm from. The beats is infinite where I'm from. Voodoo at Shubanin. Gangsta lead where I'm from. I'm interplanetary. My insect movements vary. It's kinky if it's hair. Jeep where I'm from. The fire hoses blow. It's purple when it's snow. I do a hit and go. Split. It's hip. What's hip? My hip is just the norm. Cause planets led to the bump in all its forms. The cakes, the dance, the prints on all the shirts. My 